You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Straight, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome to the program. It's the Big Noon Sports Show. Lars, Matt, Christian Miller. How is everyone? How'd your uh, weekend go as far as uh, the Iron Bowl, as I like to call it, the Alabama-Auburn game, but I'm, I'm going to have to get past that. But how about the game? Let's get your thoughts, and then we'll go to Christian Miller reporting live from Tuscaloosa. You know, I thought it was great for Auburn to get out to that uh, 7-0 lead. Uh, Robbie Ashford, it, it, you could tell that the moment wasn't too big for him. Uh, but then the better team simply prevailed, and Alabama just rolled, and and now um, they have won 12 of the last 16 meetings uh, since 2008 against Auburn. But, um, yeah. Uh, They've won 12 of the last 16 eight meetings uh, against Auburn since 2008. Um, but, you know, if you're an Auburn fan, Matt, let me ask you this real quick. Do you feel good about Robbie Ashford as your quarterback going forward? Not really. Not really. Um, he does some things like that touchdown pass he threw. That was, uh, can I use this? That was Joe Burrow perfect. Yeah. I mean, absolutely perfect. But then he turns around and you really don't know where it's going. And through the course of the year, I haven't seen him progress a lot in that area. So, in answer to your question, no. Christian Miller is in Tuscaloosa at our affiliate down there, tied 100.9. Uh, Christian, how are you? Just give me some quick thoughts on the game. Christian's still getting set up over here, guys. Uh, he'll he'll be at back uh, okay. in just a moment. But uh, the game was great. We're That's looking good. forward That's to uh, to hearing from him, hearing about the game, and hearing about what do we think Alabama can uh, can get to the playoffs or not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a subject for all week and then some. Uh, certainly yeah, a few we'll... things have to ha- have to happen. Let me just give you our guest lineup. Jeff Spiegel, I was watching his reports on Saturday afternoon. He just does such a good job, and he, he's a solid guy, and he's been there all the time. Actually started his TV career in Tuscaloosa. But uh, anyway, he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. And then Stan White, who, wow, Saturday morning I find out he's retiring from the Auburn Network. I, I, I didn't have a clue, and I know Stan pretty well. Um, but he did it for the reasons that we all would agree with, and that's he did it for his family. Uh, and we will talk to him at 1 o'clock. We'll go into that, Carnell and all that. But i got to kind of just cut right to it. Did you not just shake your heads not once but twice when these field goals? What are you doing, Carnell? You're, you're, yeah. you're three scores down. Yeah, it was head-scratching for sure. Um, and I, I don't think it really helped his cause uh, to be the next head coach at Auburn, and, and no, it didn't. we certainly uh, don't think he is going to be. Um, but what what I wanted to ask you about, Matt, is what, what is Bryce Young's legacy 
at Alabama. He he played he played really good yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry on on Saturday, uh, especially on third downs when it mattered most. He was five of seven for ninety three yards. All five of those completions uh, moved the chains. He had ten completions for fifteen or more yards, and um, but ran the ball yeah really well. But as a starting quarterback, he will never have gotten the national championship ring. Uh, yes, he, he got one in 2020 when he played behind Mac Jones, but when uh, the last two seasons with Young being atop the depth chart, Alabama just hasn't got it done yet. You can make the argument that physically he's the best quarterback that Alabama's had in the Saban era. Maybe he, ever. He, he's the only one who's won a Heisman Trophy. And, right. And, and look right now at, at what Tua is doing in the NFL. Look at what Jalen Hurts, who just played amazing last night. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jalen. Jalen Hurts became the first player in NFL history last night to rush for 125 yards and throw for over 125 yards in the first, in, in the first half of a game. First player in NFL history. That's that's kind of amazing when you think <laughs> yes. about it. I mean, did Randall Cunningham never do that? I mean, for goodness sakes. It, it, it is it is amazing. Like, he is such a better player now than he was when he was at Alabama. And Oklahoma. I and, mean, it's... it's it, I don't know. I've never seen someone improve so much in the course of, what, four years. I don't want Bryce Young to go down as the near-miss quarterback. And I really don't think he is. But... Uh, there have been chances. It just didn't happen. Hey, Christian Miller, your thoughts on the Alabama Auburn game Saturday? Man, I thought it was uh, I thought it was honestly one of their best offensive performances this year. Um, you know, they were a lot more creative uh, on offense. Bill O'Brien had a nice uh, game plan set up, and you know they ran the ball really well. You know, I thought they did a really good job up front too, winning that line of scrimmage. And you know, defensively it went bad. You know, we probably could have done a little bit better. You know, stopping. They're rushing attack, but we knew it was going to be a challenge, so I thought they did pretty good overall. But, you know, they played with a lot of passion and intensity, and uh, I thought they kind of finally all put it together. And, um, you know, there's nothing better than getting a big win against Auburn, so I was really proud of those guys. How'd it go on the sidelines? I heard and listened. It sounded great. Yeah, no, it went, it went good. It was, a, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, just seeing all the energy the guys had on the sidelines was really fun. And there was a cool moment. Uh, I think it was like in the third or fourth, fourth quarter, Dallas Turner was sitting next to me. He was like, watch this. It was a third down play, and he was like, hey, watch. Chris Browse was going to get a sack right here. And then five seconds later, they run what we call like a Mars path where you wrap around from the edge to the A-gap, comes, gets a sack, and we both just look at each other. And I was like, wow, he called it. And I, I made sure I mentioned it on the radio broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, hey, what were your thoughts when Auburn was going for field goals there late in the, late in the game? Well, I couldn't decide if it was um, them just trying to get points on the board and just try to help the score look a little bit better or maybe. I mean, if you thought about it, I think uh, that second field goal that it took, it ended up making it like a, a two-touchdown game. You know, they're, they're, I think they were down maybe like 14 points at that, at that moment, so instead of 17. Um, so, I mean, I, I could understand it. Uh, I think it was probably a combination of both, you know, making it a two-score football game, but also kind of, you know, padding that score. That way it doesn't look as bad of a loss. Um, but realistically, you know, Auburn had, you know, the turnovers and it, and it gave Alabama opportunities to capitalize, which they did. And, um, you know, you got to get a lot, of, I want to give a lot of credit to, you know, Cadillac Williams and that Auburn team. They, you know, they, you know, they worked with what they had, you know, you know, to, to make the most out of what they had offensively, you know, then defensively, you know, they had a lot of guys go down with injuries, you know, they went in there and played hard, you know, obviously it wasn't enough, but, you know, again, I just was happy to see Alabama finally, you know, kind of get back to what we're used to seeing, you know, 
being very dominant up front. You know, the offensive line was so physical, and it was very telling. We ran the ball really well, and Bryce Young had an amazing game. So it was just really nice to get back to seeing that from Alabama. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the uh, college football playoff selection committee, uh, where they rank Alabama. Will Alabama be ahead of a one-loss Ohio State who – I can't believe it. I, I thought Ohio State was the best team in the country, and Michigan came into the horseshoe and thumped them. Ran literally over thumped them. Thumped them. Mm. And does a two-loss Alabama team stay above Ohio State, therefore opening the door to the possibility of Alabama making the playoffs as a four seed? May I answer uh, that real quick? Yeah. Not no, but you know what? No. That ain't, that's not happening. Alabama doesn't jump over Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You you want to you want to bet me on that? You're a betting guy. Well, <laughs> look at uh, Alabama's lost two games by a combined four points. Both games were lost on the final play. Ohio State just got r- absolutely run out of their own stadium by their arch rival. Um, so does that is that one loss worse than Alabama's two losses? I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't think it's, it's as cut and dry as as perhaps you as you believe I it do is. Think that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think um, you know I, there's a, still a outside chance. Uh, you know, uh, according to the ESPN FPI, if you believe that Alabama has a 14.4% chance of, of making the playoffs. And right now uh, they are behind. That's their probability. Uh, Georgia is number one at 99.4. You, you can just go ahead. Georgia's in. Uh, Michigan's at 97.2. Go ahead. They're in. Ohio State, believe it or not, is at 88.4. TCU's at 53.9. And USC is actually slightly behind Alabama at 12.2. Uh, let me make this clear. I'm not saying there's no chance Alabama can get back in. I'm just saying there's no way that an Ohio State team is going to drop below Alabama. You got to break the tie, Christian. Yeah, you know it's it's tough to say, but I I agree with you, man. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Ohio State has wins over Notre Dame and and uh, Penn State as well. Those are the you know the ranked wins and. Um, that playing a, a number, I guess now it would be number two Michigan and losing to them. I know it was at home and it wasn't um, a, a good looking game for them, but it, it's, it's tough to put them behind Alabama with those two losses. Even though Alabama's losses are two, I, I hate to say it's weird saying this, but two good losses, um, like you mentioned, combined like four points and two plays, last second plays on the road um, against ranked opponents, uh, ranked opponents as well. So uh, I think I have to agree with you, Matt. It, it would be tough to put them. Put to put Ohio State behind Alabama, but you know, never say never. I mean, I guess it's going to get really interesting if we see TCU lose, TCU lose in their championship game, and USC losing their championship game. Then it's going to be yeah, you know, pretty interesting. Then, uh, then, then I think Alabama's in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. so yeah, Utah has to beat USC in the, in the Pac twelve, uh, the Pac-12 uh, championship game, and then, like you said, um, uh, TCU would have to get beat. But I, I, you're you're right. I mean, I, I think the most likely scenario is that Alabama is going to be playing in the Sugar Bowl uh, against Kansas State um, on uh, December 31 at 11 a.m. I wish there was some way. Oh, good for that. Um, and, and I don't know the bowl structure, so I'm just talking out of school here. But wouldn't it be great if like, Vero, Alabama could play Clemson? Oh, yes. Could well, you move that around? Could you make that happen for me, Laura? Alabama would. <laughs> Roll that's, over that's, that may be my motivation. 
I would love uh, that. Hey, what about Shane Beamer? What about Shane Beamer Listen, man. at South Carolina? I, I actually, you know, you know, I'm buddies with Shane. I, I texted him right after the game, just t- congratulations, and he was so happy. He had his kids playing so hard, and and what a signature win for Shane. And and he got back to me, and he's just like, man, this is the greatest moment of my coaching career. And, and and he said so afterwards. And uh, I, I loved his enthusiasm afterwards. Um, I like the South Carolina team. And you said when they made the hire, this is a good hire. You also said something else. He said, I, I think he's there to stay because I don't know if he's going to build something and then go back to the possibilities of Virginia Tech. But when I saw that win and how convincing and actually how he outcoached, you know, how, how just absolutely skilled the Gamecocks were in, in, in their huge win, it made me think something about the Southeastern Conference and its future. And I'll share that with you on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports with Christian Lars and myself, Matt. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. With Black Friday Savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday, like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size from cookies and milk. Sunshine, clouds increasing by afternoon. Thunderstorms arrive tomorrow night. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa. I think that a lot of the naysayers, a lot of the people that were very negative about this team, uh, a lot of the things that were written and said about this team really united the players. You know, they would say things like, this is all we have, but it's all we need, is the people in this room. And I think if these are our fans, we have some great fans. We had great fans and a great stadium and a great atmosphere tonight, and we appreciate it, and I appreciate that, and I know our players do as well. But people who are negative and naysayers, if they support the University of Alabama, you are hurting the university, you're hurting the program, because it's a reflection on our culture and how positive we are. And this program was built on positive. It was built on 95,000 people coming to the spring game. When we came here the first spring, we were here, and everybody wanted to be a part of that. It wasn't built on naysayers. It wasn't built on negative. It wasn't built on expectations that uh, if we don't succeed at a certain level, that there's going to be a lot of criticism. And I think that actually brought this team together more than anything else. And they wanted to persevere and prove uh, what they could do. Really, really good, heartfelt quote from Nick Saban, the greatest of all time. Nick Saban, Alabama. Brian Kelly, LSU. Sam Pittman. I could just keep going on and on. And I'm just talking. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He's staying. I could keep going on, and that's just the West. And then you talk about Beamer. I don't know. I'm still kind of out on Napier. But you got Kirby Smart over there. Um, Not only are the best athletes, the best teams coming to the SEC, but, man, Blow the whistle. It's coaches. 
abound. Great coaches abound in the Southeastern Conference. Who's the second best coach in the Southeastern Conference? Kirby. Uh, it's, it's Nick, then Kirby. Yeah. Who's third? I don't know. And I, right now. <laughs> Ur- Urban Meyer. Is Urban Meyer going to Auburn? Maybe. <laughs> uh, some say he's going back to Cincinnati since Fickle's going to Wisconsin. So, I don't know. It's a mess. It is. Um, hey, Christian, let's talk Auburn real quick. Uh, what do you hear in your massive grapevine? About the next head coach for the Tigers. <laughs> My massive grapevine. Well, right now, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess you know, there's a lot of traction with Hugh Freeze now that uh, Lane Kiffin appears to um, want to stay at Ole Miss. At least that's what it seems like as of now. So it seems like uh, they've uh, set their eyes on Hugh Freeze potentially. And, uh, you know, listen to him in that press conference that he had. Um, he sounds like he's actually very interested, and he admitted that they were in talk. So, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But they're definitely going to—they're definitely going to take their time. It seems like, and uh, really, you know, try to look for somebody that they feel is the best fit for them and gives them the best opportunity to, uh, you know, get back in on that championship level. What do you think? What kind of juice would Urban Meyer bring if they? Uh, because there there are some reports out there saying like that the big donors at Auburn they just they won't tolerate a Hugh Freeze hire, mm-hmm. uh, and that look I, I thought it was a done deal. I mean, and it certainly uh, I was basing this off the reporting of Pete Thamel, one of my former colleagues at Sports Illustrated. He uh, was saying that you know Hugh Freeze is the guy. And uh, and I, I thought it would have been announced uh, after uh, Liberty uh, actually got beat this weekend. But I New Mexico it, State. Yeah, I thought it would have. I thought it would have been announced on on Sunday. But um, you know, who knows? Who knows? I, I, it would be interesting to really get a grasp of what goes on behind the scenes at Auburn and who really is running the show. Uh, because we we all thought that it was it was the the athletic director had the singular authority to make this hire, but I don't know if that's the case or not. You know, I, I hate this because I really thought Cohen was going to bring this, and Roberts gave him the ball, let him carry. But now it appears that, for lack of a better way, actually it's a very appropriate way to Auburn's turned back into Auburn. You know, <laughs> G- good grief, go get Hugh Freeze. I think at one point they might have had a chance to get Kiffin if they'd just gone, grabbed it, gave him 10 or $11 million, and then they'd have made the announcement this morning. But now it appears they're dragging their feet. They're let, they're allowing things like, what did you say, Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer. That's, that's, Deion's that's, that's, out that's, of the that's picture the, That's now. the hot rumor. That's the hot rumor? That's the hot rumor right oh. now is uh, Urban Meyer and that, uh, that Auburn is willing to throw – Whatever it takes, everything they got at Urban Meyer, and you know it, what it might take is to make him the highest paid coach in the country. I don't know if Auburn's got that kind of money, given the fact that they're paying how many millions in buyouts? Forty-seven million, yeah, thirty-six I mean, maybe. I don't want to yeah. overdo it here, but uh, Kristen, you're John Cohen. Who are you hiring at Auburn? I'm putting it on you. You know it's tough. I, I hate to say this. I just I feel like right now the coaching market's just not in the best place, and uh, I feel like they. I mean, I, obviously, if there was better candidates out there, they probably would have went ahead and hired somebody. But uh, I feel like just right now, there's just not 
uh, a wide selection of uh, uh, trusted coaches that they feel confident enough to bring in there and offer them that big type of contract. But um, I don't know. If it was me, if I had to work with what I got, I'd, I'd probably go with Hugh Freeze. I feel like um, he'd be a really good fit um, schematically with them in terms of what they've uh, done in the past. And uh, I think, you know, he's a really good offensive mind. And uh, I think he, you know, he, he knows how to win in the SEC. Um, so I, I think the biggest hurdle with him is obviously, you know, his past with the, the violations that um, he had while he was at Ole Miss. Um, but if they could get over that, then I feel like he would be the best uh, best hire that they could make right now. Yeah, and, and Hugh Freeze is kind of uh, just – he's cut from the same cloth as Gus Malzahn, both high, long-time high school coaches, uh, worked their way up through the ranks kind of the hard way, didn't have success until later on in their career. And actually, Gus and, and Hugh are really good friends. Well, they both coached a lot of high school in Arkansas, in Ar- right? Yes, yeah, yeah. They're both Arkansas guys, and – um, I I think Hugh Freeze would be a great hire. Frankly, I mean he he's he's the one that uh, makes the most sense to me, and I, I just don't I don't think with even with all these rumors I don't think that um, Urban Meyer is going to come back. I think he he is enjoying his life outside of football and. Look, he, he his his stint in the NFL was maybe one of the worst <laughs> performances of coaching uh, in in NFL history, and um, you know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, Hugh Freeze would be my choice. What a bad decision or decisions he made. Yeah, you know, I, every time I think about him, I think about him not taking the team plane and going to a bar and have a lady shake, shaking her. You know, yeah, and <laughs> oh. put out there on social media. <laughs> Oh man! Everybody's always watching. There's always a camera somewhere. That's right. Absolutely, you have to remember. All right, um, Jeff Spiegel will join us in about seven or eight minutes. But I want to ask you guys a question going in. All right, uh, Young, Anderson, Gibbs. All were asked after the game, "What are you going to do next year?" Every one of them said, "I haven't thought about it." First of all, do you really believe that? No. Um, would, okay. Will any of them be back? No. Christian, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think those guys are gone. I mean, they're they're all projected, you know, or at least, you know, Will and Bryce are projected top five picks, respectively. So, yeah, those, those guys are they're definitely gone. And uh, it, makes, it makes the most sense for them. All right, Christian, mark it on your calendar here. I'm going to bring up Nebraska first, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> just to get Lars, get, just to get your – what do you think about the Matt Rule hire? And then we'll get to break and get Spiegel on. You know, Nebraska, uh, they they backed up the Brinks truck for them, and uh, it's insane the amount of money they're paying them, something seven, eight mil a year right in there. And, um, he, you know, he has a track record of building programs back up. Uh, he did it at uh, Temple. He did it at Baylor. He did not have great success in the NFL. Uh, I'm a little surprised by the hire, but given where Nebraska is, um, I, I think he, he actually is the probably the probably the right guy for the job. I I, I don't know, but um, I don't know much about Matt Rule. I've never met him, never done a story on him or anything. Uh, but apparently, like he's just he's a really good people person, uh, good recruiter, uh, really well organized. 
and he's just the absolute opposite of Scott Frost, who was not a people person, who would show up late for meetings, who would even miss recruiting calls. I mean, all this stuff, information about Scott Frost is coming out. It's really troubling. Like, how in the heck did this guy become the top, (laughs) become the coach at Nebraska? And uh, I know Rule just landed in Lincoln and, um, you know, I, I, I go back to when Nick Saban landed in Tuscaloosa, all the people at the airport looking up to the sky as if they're waiting for, you know, the, the god to appear himself. And then the, land, the plane touches down, the woman kisses him on the lips, awesome. and, uh, and uh, at, 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 in Lincoln, Rule was greeted by Trev Alberts. <laughs> That was just the one man. Yeah, it was a one man. Uh, I didn't look at the video long enough. I just saw him coming off the plane. It was just Trev. Just Trev. Oh, Trev and his uh, wife and kids. All right. Uh, go Big Red. We'll be back in a minute on Big Noon Sports. From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. There's no gift like Ancestry to bring you closer to family. So this holiday, give your loved ones a chance to find a photo of great grandma as a little girl. Or see... Big Noon Sports. Lars and Christian and Matt also being joined right now by ABC 3340 Sports Director Jeff Spiegel. Jeff, how are you? You have a nice weekend? I did, Matt, and, and that music speaks to me. Holy cow, the Doobie <laughs> Brothers. Listen to the music. Are you kidding me? Oh, Unbelievable. That's, that's our era, isn't it? That is oh, our generation speaking. Incredible. Um, incredible. Jeff. Uh, watched your coverage uh, Saturday, and uh, you guys did an incredible job. Uh, that's a whole lot of fun, but damn, that's a whole lot of work. I mean, I've been there, <laughs> done that, and written and written the lead. It's just you get home where you just freaking exhausted, and then go after that, go into your thoughts on the game. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I speak to uh, you know, I speak to you know different groups, you know, in the course of uh, you know my career and whether it's, uh, you know, a college sportscasting broadcast journalism class or, you know, uh, I don't know, just various groups. And, you know, people ask me, well, what, what events, what's been my favorite event to cover? And I say the Iron Bowl. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it, it really never it really never fails to deliver. I mean, it's just uh, there's just something different about it. The atmosphere, the, the buildup, the. You know the the runouts. Uh, even though you know you covered it when it was at Legion Field, where the tickets were allegedly split fifty fifty, and uh, and that was pretty magical, you know, back then. But but every Iron Bowl I've ever covered, you know, some of the games, you know, like Saturday. I mean, it, it, the the outcome was pretty much decided by halftime, but um, but still, I mean, it's just uh, it's very compelling and very entertaining and and so much fun. Now, in terms of game. Um, I think Bryce Young was just, you know, back to his Heisman Trophy winning form. It's been, you know, it's been an up and down year for him. He had the shoulder injury against Arkansas, but he's kind of worked his way back from that. He just, uh, I don't know any 
any Alabama football player who's played with more, you know, grit and more toughness, you know, than he has. He's uh, he's kind of worked his way through this. We, we don't know how much pain, you know, he played he played with. No idea. But uh, but he worked through all that stuff. And then Saturday, he just he was on point, and it was the best night for the receivers. And the shame of it is, you know, it came in the last game of the regular season. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, there is a path, Matt, to the playoff. It's uh, And it's not that convoluted. But uh, if, if everything falls into place this weekend, you know, Alabama might be one of those Final Fours. So, And I think it would be good because I think this is a pretty so good football team. there's a chance. This is a pretty good football team, and uh, and yeah. I think you know it's uh, it's not the best football team in the Nick Saban era, but I think it's uh, it would be good enough to make some noise in that playoff. Jeff, uh, out of all the Iron Bowls you've covered, uh, what is your which uh, which one sticks out to you the most? What was your favorite? Very first one I covered, uh, nineteen eighty five, uh, Legion oh. Field. Yeah, Alabama, uh, you know, uh, Van Tiffin, 52-yard field goal as time expired. It was unbelievable. I, I was in the press box at Legion Field, and I swear I thought the press box was about to come down because that place was just shaking. And, uh, you know, I was also a, a stringer for the AP Radio Network, and um, and I was I was writing my story, and, I, and, and you know, Bo Jackson had just scored. And I said, you know, Heisman Trophy hopeful Bo Jackson scored and ran for so and so many yards. And as Auburn, you know, beat Alabama twenty three to twenty two. And as I'm writing my story, I'm looking up and I'm seeing Greg Richardson catch a pass and go out of bounds at the thirty five. And then here comes Van Tiffin, and I go, "Holy crap! I got to rewrite this." And then Tiffin just <laughs> nails the field goal, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. That that is, you know, my all time favorite. Jeff, you spoke on Bryce Young earlier. Where would you say he ranks among all-time Alabama quarterbacks? Um, and, and do you think him not winning, winning a championship affects that? I don't think it affects his legacy at all. I mean, I think uh, I think the fact that, um, you know, he's the, uh, you know, he won the Heisman Trophy, had, you know, an incredible year last year. Um, just the way, you know, that he led, the way that he made everyone around him better. I mean, I think makes him, you know, the number one quarterback, I think, in the Nick Saban era. And then there have been some good ones. I don't want to, you know, compare him to quarterbacks in other eras because it was just kind of, it was a different time, you know. I mean, there have been some legends come through there, Namath and, you know, Stabler. Uh, so, uh, but in the Nick Saban era, I think, uh, I think he's the best because, you know, winning the Heisman, I think, kind of elevates him, you know, to that status. And just the way that, uh, just the skill set and then just the leadership was just uh, top-notch, I think. Jeff Spiegel from 3340 is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. Uh, Jeff, let's uh, let's get an Auburn take or, or, or two here from you. First of all, uh, sure. we all know you know who the coach is. Uh, <laughs> good for mess again. Um, and, yeah. and also, Lars asked a really good question to me a minute ago, and I'm, I'm going to re-ask. And what is the future of Auburn with Robbie Ashford? Well, you know, listen. I love Robbie Ashford. I mean, I I, I love his uh, I love his competitive fire. I love the way he plays. I love the way his heart bleeds. You know, for Auburn, I love the effort that he plays with. You know, um, is he is he great at throwing the football? He's not great at throwing the football yet. 
But I tell you, that touchdown pass he threw in the Iron Bowl, best throw he's made all year. So there's some potential there if someone can develop him into into being a, you know, not just just a drop-back pocket passer, but, but just the ability just to throw the football and be more consistent at it. I think that's the one thing that, that would um, – that would just kind of push him over the top in terms of becoming a really good SEC quarterback. But, you know, he's got uh, terrific, you know, running ability. Um, I think he's just got a uh, – I, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, people, guys around the huddle, you know, they want to follow this guy. They want to play with this guy because no one wants to win more than Robbie Ashford does. And um, so I think if, if they can get, you know, an offensive coordinator or a head coach who can come in and, help develop him more in terms of the passing game. I really like him. I think he's great. Speaking of head coaches, uh, who, who do you think is going to get the uh, nod to be the next head coach at Auburn? Well, that's a really good question. That is the, uh, that is, that is the five, six, seven, eight million dollar question or whatever. Um, I don't know. You know, the longer this search goes on, uh, I listen, I said this a few days ago, and I've gone back and forth on this, but but um, I think Carnell Williams would be would be a terrific hire. Um, I've seen this team play harder in the last four games than they did in the previous twenty one games under Brian Harson. Uh, they're they're getting back to running the football. You know, they're they've got the flying around defense mentality. Uh, Cadillac Williams, I think one of one of the attributes of a good coach is being to be able to be a leader of men. And I think Cadillac Williams has that. He has that leadership ability. Now, X's and O's, he probably doesn't stack up, you know, to, to some of the best of the business because he hasn't been doing it long enough from a head coach's perspective. But I think you could do a lot worse than coming in and just saying, Cadillac, we want you to take over this program. We're going to surround you with some really good coaches. We're going to spend some money, get an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator who will come in and um, you guys can work together and, and make this thing work. But I think that the four games of body of work that I've seen Cadillac coach in, I've been very impressed. Even when they were out of the game in the Iron Bowl, and you knew they weren't going to win that game. I mean, they're still fighting in the fourth quarter, man. They're, they're, they're still trying to score points and, and get yards. And if I'm an Auburn fan, you know, I'm loving that. Jeff, quick question about the playoffs. Would you feel that a two-loss Alabama team would deserve a playoff spot over a one-loss Ohio State team after uh, seeing what happened this past weekend? Well, I think it's all about, you know, uh, when you lose. You know, it's uh, – and that was, a, that, was a, that was a really bad loss by Ohio State, you know, getting blown out at, you know, at home against Michigan. I look at uh, I look at Alabama's body of work. I look at the difficulty of the schedule. You know the, the the road games they had to play. They had to go to Austin, Texas. They had to go to Arkansas. They had to go to Tennessee. They had to go to LSU. They had to go to Ole Miss. You know, um, you know four SEC ranked teams, two top ten teams. They lost on the road on the last play of the game. I mean, they're two plays away. You know, from being undefeated. So if you're the playoff committee and you're looking at the body of work and you're looking at the, you know, I guess, quality losses, I mean, those are two quality losses. 
you know, and, and I think uh, I'll look at it and I think, uh, yeah, I think they could be a number four seed, you know, without a doubt. A couple of things have to happen, you know, this, this week for that to, for them to get in. But I think they could get in and I think they could be very competitive. Jeff, you're one of the best. I thank you very much. I appreciate it. What are you guys going to have on tonight? Well, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be following this coaching search, of course, and seeing where all the uh, twists and turns, you know, that it uh, that it goes. And also, Super Seven's coming up this week. We'll be, uh, you know, starting our previews of that as well. So it's going to be a fun week. Jeff Spiegel from ABC thirty three forty. Thanks for your time, man. Thank we'll you, see Jeff. you soon. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thanks, y'all. Have a good day. You too. All right, let's break it down on the other side of this break, exactly what does have to happen. Can Alabama actually get back into the top four and play, or at least have a chance to play for a national championship? From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9 presents a night with award-winning Elvis tribute artist Jerome Jackson. Friday, December 9th at 7.30. Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, fair with a low at 45. Tomorrow morning, sunshine. Clouds increasing by afternoon. Thunderstorms arrive tomorrow night. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high, 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60. 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. So you're saying there's a chance, Ron. There's a chance. There's a chance, Chris. Let's let's walk through this real quick, shall we? So you're telling me there's a chance. Ohio State in the Associated Press, by the way, dropped back to fifth. Okay, uh, a loss here in front of them will get them back in in the mix, and that may happen. But Lars, what has to happen in order for Alabama to be playing in well to get in the Final Four? Well, it's it, it's pretty pretty simple. Alabama fans need to be rooting big time against any team that's ahead of them in the rankings, right? And uh, so right now you need if, – if, if Ohio State stays at five and Alabama's at six, you need two things to happen. TCU to lose in the Big 12 championship game 
and USC to lose in the Pac-12 championship game. And both of those are possible. Sure. I mean, I think there's a greater chance of that happening than what happened back in 2011 when three different teams got upset and Alabama got into uh, the national championship game and ended up going on to beat uh, LSU 21 nothing that capped the sort of the tornado year right uh, and it was a, a wonderful story but um, yeah so you, you just got to be uh, looking at one watch there I, I still think there is a chance that actually Alabama has Alabama could be ahead of Ohio State in the rankings uh, when they come out here on Tuesday. Uh, and so Alabama fans need to be paying close attention to that because you certainly can make the argument that Alabama has a better resume even though they have those two losses. They don't have a loss that's as bad as Ohio State's was on Saturday to Michigan. So, um, but but a lot of things sort of went Alabama's way this this past weekend that has just it's cracked the door of possibility a little bit wider than it was before the weekend. Christian, your thoughts? Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you got to root for Utah to beat USC, then that opens up that that fourth spot at least, and then that's where it goes down to debating, you know, do you put Alabama there or do you put Ohio State there? Um, but I think you made a good point, you know, losing at home that big, I know it was to a number three team at the time, Michigan, I guess, was number three. Just tough to, to argue that against those two losses that Alabama had that was, they were both on the road in hostile environments, and at the time, I guess, were, what, two top ten teams? Um, so it... I, I think they deserve a chance, you know, and honestly, looking at them this past game against Auburn, you know, they looked like they returned to form, you know, they looked a lot more, uh, it looked a lot more like the Alabama football we're familiar with, you know, they were dominant yeah. up front, you know, they ran the ball well, they passed the ball effectively, I mean, Bryce had all day back there, I mean, he was so clean, <laughs> I mean, he could have read a book while he was uh, waiting to find a receiver, and um you know, I just think they looked really good, and I think they're a very competitive team. And I think if they do find a way to get in there at number four, I think they are very dangerous. I truly believe that. And I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being my best, you know, to be impartial here. But um, I think they're a very dangerous team if they get into the playoffs. Well, on that note, uh, I tell you who's dangerous: Caleb Williams, USC, and and the way uh, Duggan played for TCU. Those are games I thought would be close. Whoa. Yeah, and what Lincoln Riley has done in one year just shows you how important coach the coach is. Uh, USC was a mess of a program just 12 months ago, and because of the transfer portal, because of the uh, recruits he was able to bring in, and, and namely he was able to get uh, Caleb Williams and a few other guys from Oklahoma to follow him to USC, he's completely changed that program in one year i mean you can't lincoln riley has to be the coach of the year he has to be the coach of the year uh yeah probably so but here's what and this is the changing of the face of college football how do you get him there transfer portal yeah he's not doing any of this without caleb williams who by the way christian don't you think he's going to win the heisman he very much could i mean he's been playing great and uh 
you mentioned the transfer portal. I think today is, you know, the, the transfer portal is on fire right now. Everybody's <laughs> loading up into Everybody's the portal right that. now. Yep. So well, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of names in there that are um, showing up, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward as well. Because I wouldn't be surprised if you know Alabama goes back to the portal again. You know, they had success with Jameer Gibbs, and they had some success with. Uh, 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 Jermaine Burton, the receiver, uh, probably not as much as they would have liked, but um, I would not be shocked if they end up back in the portal and try to try to grab a couple guys because they've lost a few of uh, of their own already, and uh, they'll probably lose a few more. So you know that's just the that's just the state that we're in in college football, and I guess you just have to get used to it and adapt. Christian, I want you to comment. Getting back to the Alabama Auburn game on the play of Deontay Lawson. He came into the game with 11, uh, 11 tackles in the season. He led Alabama with nine. Uh, I did notice he was playing more and more towards the end of the season, but he's an inside linebacker. You were an outside linebacker, but he's in that family. What have you seen in him just literally in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, so they've, they've liked him a lot, um, even early on in the season. You know, everybody speaks very highly of him. Um, you know, he's very instinctive. Um, makes you know nice reads. He's he's very athletic. Um, does a good job in coverage. Uh, plays downhill. Can run sideline to sideline. So they've always been very high on him. Um, just was kind of tough. You know, you had you know Henry Toto already at the Mike linebacker position commanding that defense. Then you also had Jalen Moody who was um, doing a nice job at the Will linebacker position. But you know once Jalen Moody you know dealt with some injuries throughout the season, it opened up the door for um, Deontay Lawson to come in and, and earn even more snaps and. Uh, you know, I, I like what I've seen from him. I think, you know, he's uh, got a lot of potential. You know, he's played really well this year. He's also uh, dealt with some injuries. I think, you know, he's um, been dealing with a knee injury a little bit. But um, I like what I see from him. He's got a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know everybody around the program is excited about him. They speak very highly of him. And uh, he's just one of those guys that can kind of do it all. And and uh, I, think, I think next year he's going to end up uh, being a big part of that Alabama defense. Matt, I know we're short on time here before we got a break at the uh, top of the hour, but um, how in the world did Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher beat LSU? I mean, where is this? Senseless. Tex- where, yeah, where is this? Where has this team been? I mean, wow, so inconsistent. They have so much talent, and uh, they finally put it all together, but uh, obviously too late to salvage anything. But nonetheless, they knocked LSU. Any 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 hope that LSU had of making the playoffs uh, went out the window. By the way, I got four of the SEC championship game, ten bucks a piece. <laughs> I mean, really, it's that game doesn't have any significance oh, now. What about I the mean, Big Ten? Chan- Do you even know who who uh, yeah, Michigan's the playing? Boilermakers, who uh, aren't even ranked? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still go to the SEC championship game. Just to... Who's the best team in the country right now? Uh, boy, I would have told you Georgia last week without a question. But Michigan. Michigan's pretty darn good. And, uh, they said they uh, – what's his name, quarterback? Uh, they said he couldn't throw deep. He can throw deep. He can throw deep. Especially when they get 10 yards open. <laughs> I can throw deep. Don't think I could get it that far. All right. Uh, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, you're listening to Big Noon Sports coming up, Stan White.
calendar powered by Pepsi. The Literacy Council of West Alabama serves nine counties by getting books into the hands of children and adults. THD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Well, he certainly made Auburn a better football team, especially over the four, last four games, and, man, they played their hearts out. Welcome back to the Big Noon Sports Show. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. And joining us now is Stan White, former quarterback, and I hate saying this, but I understand why, former member, color analyst of the Auburn Network with football. Hey, Stan, it's Matt and the gang. How are you today? Man, I'm doing great, guys. And uh, let, let me say this: I enjoyed catching up with Christian for a few moments up in the press box on on Saturday, and he uh, he certainly got the looks over his dad. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's, uh, he, he's more Corey. Corey, I think he, uh, Corey's a great guy. He's his father, and, and we had a, just we caught up for a few moments, and it was good to see him. Yeah, man. Likewise, I enjoyed that. Stan, what? Uh... Your just analysis of the game in general on Saturday. Well, I tell you, I, I mean, it was a good game. Clearly, the better team won, and and you know, Alabama has more depth, more talent, and, and I think really Bryce Young. I mean, I just I think it's pretty easy to see that he was a difference maker. You know, Auburn did a good job, I thought, against Alabama's run game. You know, they, I think they had one hundred sixty, one hundred seventy, maybe one hundred eighty yards rushing, but um, for the most part, Auburn's defense did a pretty good job. Uh, containing the run as much as they could. I mean, Gibbs and McClellan, those, those guys are really good ball players. Uh, and, and Gibbs, you can see that guy's a special player, uh, when he's healthy. And, and, but, you know, they, um, they did enough to, to disrupt their running game, but, but clearly Bryce Young, I mean, that guy is just, he's slippery. He's, he's poised. He's, um, you know, he just, he's just got, he's got a, a, a total package you're looking for. In a quarterback, and um, you know when you can't get pressure on him, there was a reason why. And Christian could probably attest to this more than anyone. A couple of times, Auburn had three men uh, that were allowed to get after Bryce, but they couldn't rush him completely, one hundred percent, because he's so he's so slippery. They, so it's almost like you got to keep him in the pocket. But when you keep him in the pocket, he's got good vision to see downfield. So it's kind of pick your poison. Yeah, no, I agree, Stan. You know, Bryce definitely had a great game. Speaking on quarterbacks, kind of just want to get your thoughts on Robbie Ashford. You know, watching him, I was impressed. You know, I know, 
you know, he's probably not the, the best passer at the moment, but, you know, he's a tough guy, you know, and he, he showed that in this game. You know, he was running the ball so effectively, and he was lowering his shoulder, making guys miss. What are your thoughts on him, and uh, how do you see um, him, uh, you know, improving going forward? I see a tremendous amount of upside in Robbie Ashford. And, and as the games have gone on this year, and he's gotten a little more comfortable, uh, you can see him starting to, to take on that leadership role more and more as just a redshirt freshman. And I tell you, he had his best pass uh, of the season the other night in that little uh, little kind of back shoulder fade route. It wasn't a back shoulder. It was a wheel route to Javarius Johnson, the trustful native. Really beautiful pass. Had enough touch on it, but it had, it had to throw it kind of on a rope. And, and, uh, and, of course, we all saw and have seen much of this year the athleticism that he – carries to the table when he when he gets outside and, and uses his legs. So uh, I, I see a tremendous amount of upside in Robbie Ashford. And you know what? It's a fight of somebody. And, and you know, he was he, he's out there fighting for his team, and, and you can see that he wants it bad and clearly came up on the short end of it. And if you play the game long enough, you're going to do that. But I see a lot of upside for Robbie Ashford. Our guest is Stan White. Um, Stan, the – as I think Lars put it a little while ago, the eight to ten million dollar question now is who's going to take over the reins at Auburn? Does Carnell have a shot? Well, I tell you, they could do a lot worse. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, from what he's done over the last month, uh, I mean, he's just breathed life into you know a, a program that was just kind of on life support, just with the just with the uh, the energy. Uh, you know, Auburn's going to be there; they'll be back. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, they. Yeah, they're going to be back where they are in, in the upper echelon of the SEC. Uh, but but this program, just because of all that's transpired over the last you know year and month and year and a half, it's just it's just been it's just not been very uh, positive. And and what he did, he energized the fan base, and and more so, he energized the locker room, and and he got those kids uh, believing that those coaches believed in them, and. That's what you saw. And it didn't come out perfect every time. Obviously, there was a couple of self-inflicted wounds that happened early in that game the other night. But, but what you saw, dating back to the Mississippi State game, was a team that was playing for one another. They were believing in each other. And they were just going out and having fun. And, you know, ultimately, that's the bottom line. I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these kids as it is and as coaches. But if you can, if you can capture that um, and get them to play for each other in selfless ball, then you got something special. And, and so uh, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, it's been a very, very tight lit. And, and I'll tell you, I wouldn't believe a thing I saw on any kind of social media because, you know, Cohen and Ritz, I know Ritz McGlynn real well, and John Cohen and Chris Roberts, they're going to do what they feel is the, the best fit for Auburn. And they're sure they're vetting a lot of candidates. And and uh, we I, we may know something by the end of the day. We may know something tomorrow. It may be three or four days. I'm not sure. But um, they're going to pick the right person that's there. And, if it's not Carnell, then then I, I would I would be willing. If it were me, he'd be the first one I'd call <laughs> to say, "Hey, look, how about a associate head coach, assistant head coach, running back, whatever?" Because uh, uh, I think he he is that valuable to the program. But but clearly, you know, obviously Carnell's got some. I mean, he he doesn't have a huge amount of experience, so would be the first one to tell you that. Um, so you know, I don't know who it will be, but I I, I would think that Carnell would be one that would hopefully be still involved in the program. 
Uh, Stan, looking at uh, the national picture, uh, we saw Michigan go into Columbus, Ohio, and throttle the Buckeyes, which to me was one of the most shocking results of the entire year. Um, in your mind right now, who who's the best team in the country? And really just sort of as we get closer to uh, figuring out the Final Four, who do you think the team to beat is? Man, that's a great question, and I'm with you. I did not expect that. I thought Ohio State would throttle Michigan, uh, and maybe it was because the occurrences that happened, you know, the week before when Michigan escapes with a victory, and, and uh, I, that blew me away. You'd have to go with Michigan right now, though, because of, of what they did, you know, at in Ohio State. I mean, it, it's at the horseshoe. I mean, that's 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 phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I I tend to think, and I didn't believe this until a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, watch out for USC. I mean, you know, Caleb Williams is, is clearly, I think, put himself in the Heisman uh, talk, was maybe the front runner, and, and uh, they're playing some good football and some confident football right now. TCU's been that one that's just, I mean, they've just been there. I mean, it's, you know, heck, I've been on an undefeated team before, and, and Christian has as well, probably. It's, it's not very, I mean, that's that's hard to do. And 12-0, and 0, I don't care, I don't care what conference you're in. And, and so, um, you know, that's a great question. And, and it, you know, if, if now what you have, I guess the big question is, and you guys maybe can answer this more than me, if conference championship games mean a lot, which we've been told it does, I mean, in theory, if TCU loses, Michigan loses, are they still in? And, and for that matter, Georgia, if they lose, are they still in? I would imagine they still are, but I don't know that for sure. So right, that's, that's up for debate. What, what do you guys think? It's tough to say. I mean, I, I agree. I guess there's so many factors that go into it, and that, that that's a perfect transition to my question. I mean, with it being so difficult just to try to figure this whole four-team playoff thing out, I mean, what are your thoughts on expanding the playoffs? Do you think at this point it's it's, it's probably necessary to go ahead and expand the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know. Well, they've already – I think they've announced kind of the format of it. But, but I've always I've always thought personally – they should go to more of a conference champion is, is in no matter what. And then you have some at-larges, however you want to do the at-larges and everything. And that's kind of the format they're taking because here's the thing. Let's face it. For the past 100-plus years, college football rankings has been somewhat subjective, right? I mean, it has been. Uh, and NFL is very objective. I mean, there's a playoff, and there's a reason why it's that way. I mean, you have first place. You know, you have wild cards, you have uh, division uh, leaders and so forth. So it's a lot more black and white, whereas college is debatable with everything. Uh, even the four-team playoff. Playoffs? Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so so that's why I think it's got to happen. Um, you know, look at Alabama. I mean, they're, they're probably the highest-ranked two-loss team, if I'm not mistaken now, or, or maybe going to be come tomorrow night. Uh, but, you know – does Brian Kelly, he, he has three losses, but does a Tennessee have an argument of, of being higher ranked two loss team because they beat Alabama head to head? Is Alabama better right now than Tennessee? Well, that's up for debate. I mean, you know, uh, objectively you say they, they lost on the field, so no. But subjectively you say, well, they, they may be on a neutral field better than Tennessee. Stan, before we let you go, we got word over the weekend that you're going to step away from the microphone 
and uh, explain your decision there and then just take a brief stroll down Auburn football memory lane and give me a couple of your favorite calls, your f- couple of favorite games. First of all, family comes first, right, my man? Well, yes, exactly, and, that, and that's the ultimate reason why. Uh, this has been something that's been kind of stewing with me for a couple of years, and, and you know, I kind of I kind of made the decision that once I had a, a, a high schooler, which I have a freshman now in high school is my oldest, and that it, you know it, it was that was going to be time for me to to, to you know kind of make up some lost time with the family. So if no other reasons, there's no hidden agenda, you know, no whatever. It is completely my decision to to to, to step away, and it's completely family oriented because some of the best memories I have is going you know to football games and tailgating with my parents, and and I've never been able to go to a football game with my kids at all, uh, with with my wife either. So. It's the ultimate decision to make up for lost time, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's been bittersweet. I, obviously, I missed it. I love it. I will miss it. Um, I've had I've been surrounded by some of the most talented broadcasters uh, in in my life. Obviously, in Jim Fife, and of course Rod Bramlett, and and uh, now Andy Burcham, and and so uh, been a part of some phenomenal historic seasons and calls. Been very very fortunate to be the wingman of some of the best broadcasters uh, that I've ever been around. Or, it may be nationally or anything. So I've just, uh, I've enjoyed it. been so blessed and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. I'm helping coach over at John Carroll high school with my kids. And, and then, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to some, some fall Saturdays with the family. Was it the pick six? <laughs> uh, that would be up there. Obviously, you know, I, I did sign up the other day, you know, color analysts don't have a, they don't have a, a sign off tag because usually it's the play by play man. So I, I, I kind of, I said this the other night at the end of our post game. I said, you know, I'm going to steal one from each of the broadcasters, the play-by-play guys that I went with. Of course, you know Jim Fife, uh, Matt. You know, his, his, his sign-off was, is, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And then, of course, you know, the late Rod Bramlett as well. His was, so long, everybody. And then, uh, of course, Andy Burcham's his is, I'm heading to the locker room. War Eagle. So those were my three. And I have such fond memories of, of, the previous two, love them to death, and, uh, of course, they were un- untimely deaths for them. And, of course, Andy Burcham, what can you say about him? I mean, he's ultra-talented as well. So I've just, um, I just looked at it, and I was an old football guy that happened to know a little bit about football, and I was describing describing what they were painting the picture of. And I got, to, uh, got, got a chance to do that for 22 years, so I'm very blessed. You were very good, too, Stan. Thank you for your time. We'll call on you again. Thank you, Stan. Thanks, Stan. My pleasure, guys. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. Take it a break. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishing sunshine, clouds increasing by afternoon. Thunderstorms arrive tomorrow night. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
character we could have folded there. I think you guys might have to help me out, but I think we got down six. Third third overtime, is that correct? So come back from being down six when we're as tired as we were. You know, both teams like to play fast and turned into a half-court game for large majority into that game. So, you know, I thought some guys made some timely plays. You know, I thought Charles was huge for us, 16 rebounds, played 44 minutes for a guy that's not used to playing more than 20 for him to be able to stay in for 44 minutes and not foul out by a record for Charles. But, you know, he, uh, I mean, he's huge. He's 7-9 from the floor, 16 rebounds with these 14 points. So, you know, and you kind of match what Baycock's really good. Obviously, he ended up with 20 and 10, but I thought Charles matched him pretty well, and they they kind of took Baycott out at the end. I, I give North Carolina a lot of credit, too. They don't, they don't have much depth for them to go four overtimes and go toe-to-toe with us. We got a lot more depth. But... Back on Big News Sports, uh, that's the voice of Nate Oates. Very proud of his Alabama Crimson Tide. Not one, two, three, but four overtimes. Lars, that's a game and a half. Man, going up and down the floor the way Alabama plays, but the Tide ranked 18th at the time. Uh, 103, number one North Carolina Tar Tar Heels, 101. He mentioned Charles Bediaco, who was just outstanding. He went 44 minutes out of the potential 60. Um, And then... He had 14 points and 16 rebounds. And this is a game where the superstar, Brandon Miller, was off, way off. He was 4 of 21. Uh, He managed 14 points. Uh, Mark Sears, the guy from Ohio that originally is from the Muscle Shoals area, had 24 points, but he played 55 minutes. You know, I think the most improved player on this team might be Betty Ocker. I agree. He is just playing lights out and this is the first time since 2004 that Alabama has beat the number one AP team in the country and I know that North Carolina lost uh, the day before but um, uh, and and North Carolina is struggling a little bit right now obviously but still they're ranked number one in the country for a reason Uh, as a really talented team and now uh, the AP poll just came out and um, Alabama is up to number 11 sharing that spot with Arkansas. Uh, So they're the two highest-ranked SEC teams. And uh, this was a a physical game. It was an intense game. Uh, Couldn't be settled in the first overtime, the second overtime, the third overtime. Had to go to four. Um, Had game had 15 ties, 14 lead changes. I mean, it was just uh, – it was a hell of a basketball game. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And, it was. And, 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 and But this shows that Alabama, this basketball team, can hang with anyone in the country. And, and, and not only that, they can beat anyone in the country. And, we, and they did this, like you said, off night from their best player. Uh, Christian, your, your thoughts on uh, Alabama beating North Carolina in four overtimes? I'll tell you what, Lars. I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, man, like, how long is this going to go? Because I felt like every single time Alabama would get a get a lead or, or, or they gain an edge, you'd, you'd think they're about to close it out. 
they would just almost do something that kind of set them back. It was like one step forward, two steps backwards, and I was like, man, please don't lose this game, guys. But, no, it was so much fun to watch, so intense. And I'm just so impressed with Nate Oates and his development of this program. I mean, you've just seen them. You know, I, I hate to say it, but when I was in school, you know, we, we our basketball teams were never, you know, too – too good to where you know we really thought you know there was anything big happening there and uh just to see him come in this program and, and see him turn it around and, and just see the the fire that these guys play with the speed they play with um they're aggressive and it's just, it's really fun to watch and i just i just was, i was watching it yesterday and i'm like man like we really have a a very solid basketball team like these guys are talented and they play great together and uh i'm excited to see what they have in store for this season Tell you what, is going to really have Nate Oates lighting it up and Bama fans too. Javon Quinterly is so far ahead of schedule coming back from that brutal injury. Um, he How played is that possible? 44. How is it possible that he hard is, work. is uh, good trainers, certainly yeah. medical staff. All the above. Uh, he played 44 minutes. You know, two weeks ago he couldn't play two, but he had 21 points. And here's a guy that probably no, he could have said knees out, I'm out. I'm going to wait, save up my time, get my injury, uh, get back from my injury and play in the NBA. I mean, he, he could have done that. But, no, he's back. And you heard Oates refer to depth. Man, look look at Alabama's minutes last night. Just incredibly. And here's quickly becoming my, my favorite blue-collar guys, Noah Gurley. He had 13 points and six rebounds off the bench, 42 minutes. Uh, so not only do they have five guys that can play with anybody – in in the nation, which, by the way, I'll parenthetically note, we were saying this last year after a win over Gonzaga. So, yeah. you know, you have to be a little bit cautious. But this team is good and deep. They're very good, and they're very deep, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, this win will mean something when it comes to seeding. All of these wins that, that Alabama is piecing together uh, against these really quality teams. Michigan, other baby, Michigan State. Yeah, uh, th- th- this is going to matter uh, in, in March when it comes to seeding. And and so I, I'm telling you, this, this is the, since I've lived in Alabama, and that goes back to 2004 or five, I think, four, um, this is the best team they've had. Hey, Christian, did you play? Like in high school? Oh, man. You know, I, the coaches always begged me to try out because I was tall and had long arms. But, you know, I just I never was a basketball guy. I used to play a little bit growing up with my friends. But uh, my brother was uh, more into basketball, and uh, he, he was a heck of a player, a really good athlete. But, no, me personally, I did, I did not play basketball. I probably should have tried it a little bit. Yeah, you got the frame for it. <laughs> That's right. No question. I'm sure. Didn't didn't you uh, play some pickup ball with your uh, with your teammates when you were at Alabama, or was that uh, not allowed under uh, Coach Saban? Didn't oh, want didn't oh no. want the we, uh, chance for you to get hurt. We snuck in there. We snuck over to the wreck a few times and then played some pickup basketball. We got some funny stories from that too, man. We we, we got a little competitive in there. <laughs> we used to be playing against you know some students, <laughs> and it, it probably wasn't oh, the, yeah. the, the uh, best matchup physically. You know, we were a lot bigger than a lot of people, but. Um, no, we used to have some fun playing some basketball. Did you ever yeah. play it in, uh, in Coach Saban's noon game? Uh, I haven't played in his his noon game. I've gone in there with some of the coaches here and there um, over the past couple of years. But, uh, no, nah, I never attended one of his. I don't know if I'd want to. If I did, I'd have to be on his team because if I accidentally fouled him, <laughs> I don't know how that would go. 
didn't he, go too he's, well. He's the, he's the commissioner and the referee. Yeah, he's so, everything. Uh, he's he always everything. stacks it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you think Will Anderson's in trouble for knocking up against him and bruising his face? Because that was just that was not just a small paper cut. Oh no! It was an abrasion and a cut. It was. I didn't even notice it when I was interviewing him. I had no idea. I think it was on the other side, probably because I didn't see it. But then I, I had a couple people text me like, "Hey, what's wrong with Coach Saban's face? Is he okay?" And I'm like, "I didn't do anything to him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened." And I saw it. I was like, "Oh man!" But now he's tough. It, I don't think it phased him. Did you see Sean McVay? get he hit on knocked the, him senseless for a minute i mean i thought for sure it was a broken jaw it just uh that was uh it was the first quarter of the game against kansas city on 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 yesterday afternoon and it was uh rams tight end roger carter and man he just he was running and he was putting his helmet on so he must have just kind of lost track of where coach was just drilled him with his right shoulder, and uh, it, it looked like a broken jaw. Christian, did you see that? I did, yeah. And what happens is when guys are running on the field urgently like that, you know, you're not really paying attention to what's in front of you. You're, you're just focused on getting on the field and making sure that you're out there to do your job. And uh, unfortunately, uh, McVeigh caught that one uh, to the chin pretty pretty tough. But thank God he's all right because, yeah, that, that was uh, – man, I, I thought he might have had a concussion the way it hit his jaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I thought he was going to – this was like a Mike, gonna drop. Mike Tyson right cross. I mean, I thought he I thought he was going to drop. Oh, well, speaking of the NFL, you mentioned what a great game Hurts had, but another former Alabama player had an unbelievable game. We will talk NFL on Big Noon Sports in just a moment. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full. Wrote a note, said be back in a minute. Bought a boat and I sailed off in it. Don't think anybody's going to miss me anyway. Mind on a permanent vacation. The ocean is my only medication. Wishing my condition ain't ever going to go away. I've been enjoying every second. Um, you know, it's really just been, it's, it's been really incredible. The ups and the downs, you know, you know, when we face adversity, you know, that stuff sucks, but I always go through that with my brothers. You know, having that experience is invaluable. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm truly just grateful for, for this, you know, for the regular season that we've had. Um, and I'm always happy to be part of the And he's behind the scenes. How good is Jeff Allen? Back on Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. You brought up a stat about Jalen Hurts. By the way, I'm pulling for him all the time except against my Packers. Okay. A little upset with Jalen right now. <laughs> but uh, throw that stat, and I want to roll you one that really blew me away about the, the Raiders. Yeah, in the first half last night, uh, Jalen Hurts became the first player in NFL history to run for over 125 yards and pass for over 125 in two quarters of play. Unreal. Um, he just uh, it was a dominating performance. And um, on the other side, 
is Aaron Rodgers. And was this the end for Aaron Rodgers last night? Uh, he looked like vintage, vintage Aaron Rodgers in the first half, threading some beautiful throws. And, and uh, after falling behind 13-0, coming back to tie it. And then um, he got took a pretty good hit, and uh, he suffered a rib injury to go along with the broken thumb he has. And then Jordan Love came in. He um, he orchestrated a quick touchdown drive. And now the Packers basically are out of playoff contention. Their season is essentially over. And so the question becomes, and I'll throw it to you, Matt, um, do you do you sit Rodgers and see what you have in Jordan Love? Is it time? And and the thing that's, and, and and it's going another interesting quarterback situation is in New York where uh, it looks like uh, that that Mike White uh, he, he came out of kind of nowhere and uh, played really really well, posted a quarterback uh, rating of one forty nine point three as the Jets mauled the Bears thirty one zero. And does that mean, is this the end for Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick? I mean, Zach Wilson has just been atrocious this year, and the Jets have won in spite of him. And he didn't just get benched. I mean, he was inactive. And and the fact that he didn't take responsibility in the in the post-game press conference a week ago uh, for the offense, you know, he was asked, hey, is the offense, the basic question, the gist of the question was, do you guys owe an apology to the defense because you guys haven't done anything? And he said no. Well, uh, that's good. Especially he lost, in a, he lost you know, the locker room. Uh, yeah. yeah. Boy, the media didn't have a field day with that in the Big Apple, did oh, they? Oh, gosh. Hey, Christian, you played with this guy, but my goodness, Josh Jacobs had 303 yard total yards and a, a huge win over Seattle. In fact, in overtime, he broke an 84-yarder. 86, to win it I all, think. 86. 86. Yeah. Uh, boy, I don't need to short him to. Uh, but anyway, uh, your thoughts on some of the things that happened in the NFL, and particularly in your former teammate. Speaking on Josh Jacobs, man, this when we talk about a dog. That guy's a dog, man. Like if, if you just watch him play, he just runs so angry. And uh, man, you know, he, it's almost got like he has like a he has like the that linebacker mentality at the running back position. I mean, this guy he does not shy away from contact at all like he, he he thrives for contact and to go along with that he's elusive he'll make you miss he's shifty i mean he was one of the, uh the most uh fun guys to watch when I, that i played with you know i always uh, loved watching him run the ball he just he's making people miss he's doing spin moves he's running people over i mean there's there's nothing that he couldn't do and uh, i love seeing him have success at this level and uh, i think that was a, a great way to, to to put it to that organization you know they declined his fifth year option for what, for whatever I reason, I don't know why they did that, but you know now he's going to get paid sooner, and he's just making more and more money, just proving to them that they made a bad decision by doing that. And I'm happy to see him uh, playing like he's playing because man, he he deserves it. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but if if you read into his upbringing and his childhood, you know it was definitely tough for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he spoke on you know having to sleep in his dad's truck and how. Um, how vital his dad was for his family and uh, and, and with his brothers and sisters. So, you know, I, I love to see him having that success that he's having. But, man, he's so much fun to watch. Another Alabama running back who had a great day yesterday was Brian Robinson. Yeah. Uh, his first 100-yard game uh, led the, the Redskins to victory. 
and or not the Redskins, the Commanders. And That's uh, all right. and he was very emotional after the game. Um, but uh, Christian, your thoughts on on Brian Robinson and just uh, what he's gone through? Being you know, it, it was a gun he was shot uh, before the season, and he's been able to come back and and man, he ran. Talk about running with uh, anger and aggression. He was just incredible yesterday. Yeah, Lars. I mean, very similar to Josh Jacobs. Maybe not as elusive um, per se, but definitely just as angry and aggressive when it comes to running the football. You know, he's a big physical back. I mean, Brian's probably around you know six two ish, almost six one, six two. Big heavy guy, but he can run and he he loves lowering that shoulder. And uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that you know you just look at him and he he's same thing. He's a dog, man. He's intense. You know, when he goes out there, he 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 wants to bring it to you as well. And uh, you know, it speaks volumes about his um, perseverance and, and and resiliency. You know, to to go through something like that and to to deal with a scary situation like that. You know, being being robbed um, at gunpoint and, and and suffering gunshot wounds and to come back from that so soon and to and to just you know go back out there and go get back to doing what you love, man. Uh, it's 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 so good to see, and uh, I'm glad that he's having the success that he's having at this rookie his, in his rookie season. You're talking about a guy that has more than paid his dues. I mean, he was a backup at Alabama, backup, and then he finally got his chance, and he, he made the best of it, but he got hurt again. And then get, getting shot and playing like three weeks later? I mean, good, good. What is he, Superman? Yeah, it was just a, it, it was an amazing performance, and it was really cool. I don't know if you saw the, the video of him in the locker room, but he was wearing this Washington hat that was about as big as this studio mat. I mean, it was crazy. It was, you mean like the Burt Reynolds hat on, it, it, uh, on Saturday Night Live when he's being Burt Reynolds? You yes, know that one? yeah, it was, it, was, it was so big, but... Um, uh, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, Christian, about the Raiders when they made the decision not to pick up the fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs. One, were you surprised by that? And two, why Why do you think they did that? Oh, I was shocked. Um, you know, it just didn't really make make much sense. You know, he had um, been a huge part of their offense the past, this past couple of years, and um, I, I didn't see any signs of him slowing down. So I, I don't know why they would have done that. Um, you know, sometimes organizations – um, just do things for whatever reason they feel is, is the best situation for them. I mean, they declined several guys, uh, fifth year options. Um, so it wasn't just him. Um, but again, I think they made a huge mistake in doing so. Um, I mean, again, they can, they can sign him to a, a big contract after the season, but they, they would have had him locked in and they would have just had to pay him, um, basically just that, that fifth year option salary. But now they, they risk losing him in free agency. And, uh, you know, hopefully he, he decides to stay at home and stay put. But, you know, they, they did that to themselves if he ends up going elsewhere. And, by the way, speaking of the commanders, they're playoff contenders. You know? well, if the playoffs started now, they'd be in. They were, what, a 7-5? Something like that. Tyler Henke. <laughs> Taylor Henke. Oh, Taylor, Hine- Taylor or Tyler? <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I, bad. I, I played with him in Carolina. Oh, you did. Give us, give us a scoop on him. Oh man, he's one of those guys. He's he's a, an underdog. If you if you read up on him, you know he he spent some time in the XFL and did well there. And there's a, a time um, where he was sleeping on his sister's couch and didn't really know uh, what his next steps were. Then 
worked his way back into the NFL. And, um, you know, I spent time with him in Carolina. He was always a hard worker and uh, one of those those just real um, gritty guys, you know, that just it was he would get it out the mud. He'd, he'd you know, work with what he had. And um, he's just a, a tough guy. And uh, you hear Coach Rivera talk about him in Washington. You know, those, those guys just want to want to go to battle with him. You know, he's a great leader amongst his teammates. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that he's having success there um, because, again, I, I watched him in Carolina with Ron Rivera as well. And uh, they liked him a lot there, and, and now he's over in Washington, and uh, he's doing very well for himself. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. 1225 Sports Bar is the place to be on the strip for your ultimate game day experience. 1225 Sports Bar is located two blocks from Bryant-Denny Stadium. Come meet our staff and enjoy some great food. Sunshine, clouds increasing by afternoon. Thunderstorms arrive tomorrow night. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama. Sports tied 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app. You know, my, my whole focus was win this game. Uh, that's the best opportunity we had for anything good to happen for us. And, you know, to win the Iron Bowl is a significant accomplishment uh, for our team and for our fans, which we certainly appreciate. And um, this team to win 10 games. So I haven't really thought about any of those. That's, that's, what, that's what you need to have a program. It's what you need for people to see the culture and the support and the passion that people have to want to have a successful program and I, I think it's it's huge I think when people are negative and critical it makes people have questions about the culture of the program and the culture of the program here is just as good as it's always been and the players compete just as well as they always have so I don't think there's anything wrong with the culture here we lost two games by four points Nobody feels worse about that than me and the players who made a tremendous commitment to try to win those games in tough places on the road and nothing else I can say about it. All right, thank you. I like it sometimes when you hear Nick doing this on the podium. Hear that on the air, but yeah. You know, he, he's when he does that. I think he's kind of in deep thought. He's there. Yes, he is really trying to make a point. So, hey guys, we have not talked about this in two hours, and but I think it is significant. Auburn could not stay on sides, and they did it at the very beginning of the game. They went the third quarter without one, then then it all came back. Christian, you were close. You were on the sidelines doing the reports for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. What were you? Was Alabama barking signals? Why? Why did they? Con- they had ten penalties for forty-nine yards, and I'll bet eight of them were offsides or motion. 
Yeah, I think they kept uh, having false start penalties with their offense, and it probably was largely due to the fact they were on the road, and Brian Denny was rocking. The energy was electric there. It was loud, and uh, they just could not seem to get on the same page. You know, I saw Robbie Ashford just frustrated because he just he just wanted his guys just to calm down and just to, to really lock in and focus and just – Get the get the get the snap clean and 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 get the ball snapped and everybody on the same page. But they just had a really hard time doing that. But that just goes to show you how important it is to have a nice environment at home. I mean, you saw how how it affected Alabama when they went and played on the road against these places. And I think that's why it's so critical to have a hostile home environment. That way, when these teams come in, you truly have an advantage. You know, you make it tough for these teams to 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 lock in and be on the same page to to hear their calls and to to make the right calls and to, to give the right signals because there's just so much going on so you know i challenge uh, everybody every alabama fan you know moving forward next season every home game let's have brian denny to be one let's make brian denny one of those places that no one wants to come play at that no one you know that people fear playing because they know how loud and electric and how you know disorienting it's going to be so I, that's my challenge for alabama fans moving forward you know, after the game, uh, Nick Saban uh, gave Chris Lowe of ESPN uh, some one-on-one time, and uh, and and basically Saban went into lobbying mode, uh, arguing why Alabama should be in the playoffs if things fall the right way. Um, when it, if it would were to come down to them in Ohio State, and you know he he said, look, we've lost two games to top, two top ten opponents, both on the last play of the game and both on the road. We could have easily won both, but didn't. We're a good football team, and hopefully people will recognize that and we'll get a chance. Um, and so I, I think we're, there's going to be a lot of debate because look, there is no love loss between Alabama fans and Ohio State fans. And and right after the Ohio State got, got drubbed by Michigan, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren came out and said that without a doubt, and that's the quote, without a doubt, the Buckeyes deserve a spot in the playoffs uh, after, you know, losing at home in an embarrassing fashion. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it will it, be interesting. The, the, the committee has their hands full uh, this week and, and next week uh, to if it does come down, if that final spot comes down to Alabama or Ohio State, who do you put in there? Um, it, it could go either way. I think most people believe right now, Christian, that it's Ohio State. But uh, if you really drill down deep and if, if everything is sort of a, just a, a snapshot in time, you'd have a hard time arguing that Ohio State is a better team than Alabama based on how the two teams are playing right now at the end of the season. No, I agree 100%, Lars. And it's one of those things that, you know, the committee needs to do their job and and really go watch the tape. You know, we always say this thing, you know, tape never lies. You know, if you really want to see an opponent or you really want to see how good somebody is, turn on the tape. And uh, I think if you go watch the tape, I mean, it will tell you. And, I, I, again, I think Alabama um, really has, has put it together in these last couple games. And, and they're kind of back with their rhythm and, and they're back to playing to that standard for the most part. And, and I truly believe, you know, if things open up and uh, they have a chance to, to fill that fourth spot, I think they're very deserving. You know, I like what I um, hear from Coach Saban because it reminds me back in 2017 we lost our final regular season um, in the Iron Bowl at Auburn. 
And, uh, you know, we were a one-loss team. We didn't get to go to the SEC championship that year. And uh, Coach Saban was lobbying for us and, and that we deserved to be in it. And uh, we ended up getting in that fourth seed. You know, there was a lot of backlash. A lot of people were upset that we made it, you know, because we weren't in the conference championship. But they put us in that fourth seed. And, and what happened? We ended up winning the national championship that year. And a lot of people were upset. But that just goes to show, you know, the best teams will win it all. And uh, we showed that even though we lost that final game to Auburn, you know, we were one of the four best teams, and ultimately we, we won the championship. So if, if it's meant to be, it will be. And I think if they get in there, that they're dangerous, and they definitely have a chance of winning it all. As we wrap up this Monday edition of Big Noon Sports, total transparency right here. Did Keontae Scott touch the football on the punt? You remember what I'm talking about? They replayed it and replayed it and replayed it, and it just seemed to take forever. Did his finger touch that football? Did Auburn, did they get job there? Lars Anderson, your thought. What do you think? Uh, absolutely, yes, they did. That ball did not get touched. I agree. Christian, you were on the sideline. You were probably standing right, knowing your ability to position, you were probably 10 yards away from it. I wish I was closer to see it. It was hard for me to see it. I remember watching. It was so hard to tell. So y'all, y'all do feel that he touched the ball. No, I don't. Well, I, no. I don't. Neither oh, does Mark. I don't think he think touched so. the ball. Okay, so I, I, no. it's tough. I feel that his finger somewhat touched it because the the way the ball, it looked like it almost kind of changed, not direction, it's hard to say, but the, the, the pattern, the way the ball was spinning looked like it, it changed slightly. And I think his finger just enough touched it to, to alter the, the, the path or the, the rotation of the football. So I do think his finger touched it, but I feel like it barely grazed it. I mean, I mean, his glove probably just oh so softly touched the football. So I think they got the call right. But, hey, you know, I'm not going to go against a call that is in Alabama's favor. And uh, I, do I believe that call really would yeah. alter the outcome of that football game? I don't. But, you know, it definitely was, no. it, it was a close one. Well, at the time, you know, it did kind of change momentum. It changed things and certainly gave Alabama a wonderful opportunity. But you you both are right. It, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Not at all. Um, Bryce threw for 343 yards, 17 yards a pass, hit nine different receivers. It's a, That's it's the a, team we expected great, in Texas. Yeah, great way for him to finish his career at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And he's, you know, I think a lock to be a top three pick. Yeah, somebody's going to end up with a fine man and quarterback. All right, we're out of here. Have a great Monday. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday, like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size, from cookies and milk on your 